How are we doing, CWC? You guys are awake? Yeah. You know, I love your pastor, and uh, I call her First Lady Julie, you know? But, um, you know, as we were worshiping this morning, um, Job Job, uh, 42 verse 5 came to mind, and it says, My ear has heard, but now my eyes will see. You get it? My ear has heard, but now my eye has seen. And I don't know who that is for this morning, but um, I'm praying that the Lord is going to reveal himself through mighty, mighty works in your life. And so with that, let's pray for the word this morning and uh, see what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word that is active and living. I thank you, O Father God, that we've heard all of this stuff, even through the testimony of that young lady, O Father God, of, uh, of the outpouring of the Spirit, O Father God. But, O Father God, sometimes we're like, I want to experience it for myself, Lord. I want to go to, to the deeper things. Deep calls to deep, the Word says. And I pray for that today, O Father God, that no more that we will just hear of the stories, Lord. But we will see, oh, Father God, the Holy Spirit will work through us, oh, Father God. They will work through the service. They will work through the school. They will work in my my workplace. They would work in my home, oh, Father God. They would work in the streets of the community and the town that I live in. And so this morning, oh, Father God, I get out the way. I get out the way. And you do what you're going to do, Lord. Show up and show off your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. So if you have your Bibles, won't you take those and grab them and meet me in Deuteronomy chapter 6. You know, we've been um, following along with you guys. Um, As Pastor Keith said, we moved in about a week and a half ago or something like that, here in the train all night long. I said, glory, I guess it's better than than cops and gunshots and stuff like that. Uh, just something we have to get used to, but uh, it's been great just uh, transitioning here and, you know, keep us, continue to keep us in your prayers, you know, Uh, my daughter and my son started daycare and school this past week as well, Um, and so uh, that's that's always fun, but um, we've been following along with this, uh, with this faith series that you guys have been doing, and in today's message, we want to entitle Legacy of Faith. And with that, you know, there, there's many things that I love about the church, many things I love about the church. Um, I love how we meet physical and spiritual needs, right? I love how we take people and, and, and get to watch them take steps in their spiritual journey, right? I, I, I love how we get to set up an atmosphere to see his, his glory poured out. I love these things, right? I, I love, you know... Uh, Working in the modulars and getting all dusty and all that stuff to, to see the next generation know his name. I love this stuff, right? I love it. But I also love the diversity of the church. I love the diversity. And when I talk about diversity, I'm not just talking about Asian and, and Latino and African American and Caucasian. I'm not just talking about that, but I'm talking also about age and, and gender and experience. That's diversity, Right? And also what I love is the diversity of families in the church. Diversity of families in the church. 
Because when it comes to families, we've, we've all grown up in different uh, uh, areas, right? Uh, you have some who, who grew up with a mother and father, right? You have some who grew up with a single parent. We have some who were raised by their grandmother. Anybody raised by their grandmother? No, not just me? Okay, that's all right. That's okay. Maybe I'll have better luck in the second service. All right. But maybe you were raised by your grandmother, right? So, so me, you know, uh, raised by my, by, by my mother, got sent to live with my grandmother, and then was in foster care, and then got sent to live with my other grandmother. So, you know, I, I've had the, the gamut of it all, right? And, uh, and, you know, grandmas, they're old school. They're old school. Old school whoopings, old school trainings, old, just old school, right? Um, but, you know, we all come from these backgrounds, different families, and diversities. And with this thing called legacy of faith, it's really important to understand um, that some of us have had that uh, mother and father who instilled uh, godly principles in our lives, right? And then on the other hand, we, we had those, those that, uh, maybe a family that, that doesn't, that didn't know anything about God, right? And, and didn't really, wasn't even on their minds, right? Um, that was my family, right? And maybe you come from a family that, that did have the opportunity of sharing the gospel and, and now you're just building upon those blocks, praise to God, right? And maybe you're, you're here today and you're just saying, man, I'm hearing all these testimonies and then we're talking about faith and all this other stuff. And so how do I start? Where do I start? So today in Deuteronomy 6, I, I want to make it real practical, all right? I like to say I like to take the cookie jar and put it on the bottom shelf so everybody can have a cookie, right? Does it make sense? Right. Uh, sometimes I think, you know, the deeper things of God, like people say, oh, that was deep theology or that was deep. That was a deep word. And my response would sometimes be, well, did you understand it so you can apply it to your life? Right. To me, what deep is, is we can take it, apply it to our hearts and get closer to Jesus. And in return, other people can get closer to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right. And so today I want to I want to be real practical right? I want to bring it down to a level where, where everybody can take it and just run with it, right? Um, and so Deuteronomy 6 is a, it answers the question of how we, can we take this legacy of faith, right? And all the things that we've been hearing all the last couple, uh, several weeks and testimonies and how can I apply it to my life and how can I apply it to my children's life, right? And I pray that it really sinks into our spirits and our souls and our hearts today. Because this is important. This is really important. And guess what? Listen, here's the good news. That maybe you're thinking like, where do I start? Where do I go from here? Right? You're not alone. Right? You're not alone. Like I have two little kids, right? Four years old and one years old. Right? And I'm still, we're still trying to learn like, all right, how do we continue to introduce Christ to them? Right? How do we set an atmosphere in our house where, where we're, we're just not watching, you know, uh, number blocks and blues clues, right? That we're actually uh, being intentional about praying and teaching them how to, how to pray and, and reading stories and different things like that, right? How do we do that, right? And so you're not alone. And the better, better news is this, that the Word of God, the Bible, shows us how to do that, right? Listen, the Word of God teaches us so much. It teaches us so, so, so much. It says this is an example of how we ought to live. 
So if you have a problem, open the Word of God, okay? Don't always go running to, 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 to somebody else trying to figure out what God is trying to say to you, right? He has it right here. It's called the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E, the Bible, all right? Amen. And so, because here's, here's what I found out, that we want the best for our families, amen? Everybody wants the best for our families, we want the best for our kids, right? Um, but sometimes what I've realized in, in my life, right, I'm talking about myself, maybe not for you, but if you can relate, amen, that sometimes what I think is best for my family and my children isn't what God wants us to do. It doesn't align what God wants to see happen in our family, right? So I say, hello, Georgia, we could stay in Cleveland, right? I'm staying in Cleveland. You got a good job. You know, we're just chilling. We're just doing our thing, right? But God's like, no, I want you to go Tyrone. Tyrone, Pennsylvania. Praise the Lord. I said many years ago, I was like, I'm going to be your first Puerto Rican farmer. Amen? Praise the Lord. Yeah. And go downtown in Tyrone history books. Amen. But here's the thing that sometimes my plans and what I like to plan out isn't what God, uh, what his plans are. And I actually hurt my family. Actually, I actually uh, uh, distance them. I actually draw them away from what God intended to do in our, in our lives. Right? In Matthew 16, 26, right, it says, For what will it profit a man... If he gains the whole what? World, but in the process loses his what? Soul, right? So what would it gain a family if your children grew up playing sports? And listen, there's nothing wrong with sports, right? I can't wait for my kids to play sports so I can yell at the other parents and yell at the coach. And I just, I can't wait, right? I can't wait. There's nothing wrong with sports, right? Nothing wrong with that stuff. But again, if we're applying Matthew 16, 26 to this, what? What would it gain your family if your kids had all these accolades and were the best sports players and this and that, but in the process lost their soul? In the process didn't know, have a relationship with Jesus Christ or doesn't know what the cross means or, or doesn't know what, what godly character and integrity is. Because here's the reality of it. That one day, your children and yourself will face, face, come face to face with Jesus. And what would Jesus say to them? Hey, come on in. Let's party. Or will he say, I never knew you. Sorry, Joey. Sorry, Amanda. If your name is Joey and Amanda, I don't, no offense, right? I'm not saying you're, God's shunning you or nothing like that, right? But sorry, I never knew you. But my parents, I went to church with my parents and my parents prayed and, and my parents read the Bible and they but I never knew you, you see? So what would it, what would be the purpose if our children and our families had it all together and nice and smiley, but lost their souls in the process and went to hell? Hmm? Now, I'm not saying pull your kids out of sports and different things like that, but after Deuteronomy 6, I want us to reevaluate. Does it make sense? Reevaluate, right? Because... Spiritual things matter. Your grades matter, right? Spending time with your family matters, doing things like, right? All the stuff matters, but spiritual things matter 
as well. I found that in my life that when I put Jesus at the center, everything else aligns up. It's not me saying, well, I'm going to put my wife first and kids and, and, and this and job. And no. no, I say, hey, I'm putting Jesus first. And the Holy Spirit allows to work in me the things I should set in order, right? Sometimes work comes before family and then family most of the time comes before work. And it, it, just, it just lines up that way, right? And so if you're here today and you're like, man, like maybe, you know, you're feeling a certain type of way. Listen, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm not here to make you feel down. Like, that's not my job. I'm not here to move your emotions or anything like that, right? I'm here to, 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 to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and your heart get closer to Jesus, all right? A lot of times I think in church services we, we move people's emotions, right? And it's okay to cry and, and be happy and glad and stuff like that as long as it's, it's genuine and it's, it's caused by the Holy Spirit revealing himself to you in the things that you ought to be doing and the things you ought not to be doing. Does it make sense? Right? So Deuteronomy 6, let's get into this. I'm going to read um, the, the verse here. So we're going to read Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verses 4 uh, to 9, and then we're just going to chop it up and, and talk about it and, and discover where we end up, all right? And so Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says this. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Verse 9, write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. And so... If we want a, a, a legacy of faith, if we want to do what matters most, this is how we do it, right? And it looks different. It looks different, right? It looks very different. And so we see here from the start that the subject matter is this. The subject matter is the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's what we talk about, right? When we're talking about leaving a legacy of faith and, and spiritual matters, well, that, that's the subject matter, right? Jesus. Nothing else. It's not Jesus in this and Jesus in that. It's just Jesus and what he did for our lives, what he has done. He died on a cross for us. He died a brutal, brutal death so we can live in freedom. And then it goes on there. And I want you to understand verse 5 is very important because it says this. It says, you shall love. You shall love the Lord your God. And I want to focus on that real quick. If we're trying to leave a legacy of faith and, 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 and really uh, impact our families with, with, with spiritual matters and, and see God move in our families, it starts with you. Say me. It starts with you, right? It starts with me. It starts, even if you're a single parent, it starts with you. If you're grandmother, if you're aunt, uncle, raising kids, like it starts with you, right? It starts with you. Because I, I don't know about you, like we like to play the blame game. Anybody like to play the blame game in your family, right? Come on, just be real and honest, right? Some wives are like, yeah, husbands are like, yeah, right? But we like to do that. We like to play the blame game. Well, you know, my, 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 my family would be spiritual if, if my wife would only cook me steak every night, amen? 
Right? Uh, my husband, my family would only be spiritual if my husband would actually uh, uh, get up and lead our family in these things, right? Um, my, 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 my family would be spiritual if my children would act a little nicer, right? Or, or behave, right? Listen, I, I get that. There's some times where I want to just trip every kid I see, right? <laughs> I want to trip my own kids, right? But if, if your children were a little nicer, if they were a little behaved, my, 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 my spiritual life would be a, a little better. But that's what we do. We play the blame game. No, it's you. It's, it's my boss at work. It's, it's this. It's that. No, 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 no. It's you. It's you. You know, Jesus, you know, in this passage, it wasn't like, hey, just because, uh, you know, right before Deuteronomy 6, he talks about the Ten Commandments. Notice how he says, hey, do the Ten Commandments and then just obey them. No, he says, hey, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It starts with you. And listen, I know it's tough. I know it's tough to have uh, one spouse saved and the other one just doing their own thing. I know it's tough having, uh, you know, a... a, 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 a father and a mother is pursuing the things of God and your, your children just out of, acting out of pocket, right? It's tough. But it starts with you. You want to see uh, the Lord show up in your family and show off? It starts with you, right? And I'm the only one saved in my family right now. And I continue to pray that that's not the case here, right? That's not the case. And I just keep on pressing and pressing. And you have to understand, it starts with you because you have to understand how much grace and how much love and how much acceptance that Jesus has for you so you can give that out, right? Because there's sometimes where I said, man, I, I just want to yell at you, Jasenia. That's my four-year-old. I just want to yell at you. I just, I just want to discipline you. I just want to, you know, but the Holy Spirit always reminds me, it was like, did I do that? Did, did Jesus do that to you? When you messed up, when you fell, right? When you yelled at that person, you know, uh, out your car window the other day, right? Because they cut you off or did something crazy. Did I give you a whooping for that? No. Because I love you. There's grace. There's mercy there, right? So what I'm saying is, like, since we receive this, we give it out. So it starts with you. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Look at yourself, right? Because if you, if you look at a, a circle, right, we can't work from the outward in. We have to start at the center, and the center is Jesus and you. Does it make sense? It starts with you. It starts with you. It starts with your relationship, how the gospel has transformed you, right? Because here's the reality. Families have become more of do what I say and not what I do type of family. Does that make sense? I mean, I had plenty of uncles. Hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, in, our early, in my early life, I, I, I've seen drug activity and different things like that. Mom was a heroin addict. And, um, and so people would say, hey, don't, don't, don't smoke this or don't inject this or don't drink this. But why they still do what they're telling me not to do, right? And a lot, of, I feel like a lot of people see that in church as well, too. 
I'm not saying this church, right? Because I know we all holy in this church, right? <laughs> We're perfect. Amen. But the people outside who don't know Christ would look at us and say, you go to church? You're a Christian? Right? Even in our own family, right? The best representation of Jesus for your children, for your spouse is you inside your home. It's going to be you, right? And so let's not be so much of just do what I say. Sometimes they're, hey, you just got to do what I, my daughter's like, why, daddy? Why, daddy? Why? Just do it. So you don't get hit by a car or this or that, right? Just do it. You know, there is some of that, but for the majority part, like we have to move beyond just, just, um, we have to be about it, not just talk about it, right? And so it says, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, right? You. And I want to encourage us today as well, too, that as we talk about the heart, right? We talk about the heart and soul and strength that I want to encourage us to, to, do, to, to, to really entice and, and motivate us to, to, do, um, to love, continue to love Jesus with everything in us. Because here's the reality of it. Like, we don't do things based on right and wrong. We do things based on what we love. Right? We do things on what we love. And I know I said that. I, I think I said that last time I was here. But it, it is so true. We do things on what we love, not, not based on what is right and wrong. There's some things we say, well, that's just wrong. I'm not going to do it, right? That's why when we go to a restaurant, we, we, we order the double cheeseburger, come on, somebody, with crispy bacon and, and double cheese. Nobody wants to eat a salad. You don't go pay $10, $15 for a salad. Nobody loves salad. There might be one person here, right? I like salad. I don't mind salad. But we love the, right? We don't care what the doctor says. The doctor says, hey, don't eat that. It's, it's going to give you health problems. Well, I love the burger. Said doctor, I don't, I don't like the salad. I love the burger. I'm sorry, right? And I want to entice us to, to, to continuing, continually to, to, to produce things that, that makes our hearts grow for the things of God, right? Me, I love worship. I love worship. Right? Like, I'm, if I could go to a church that just plays worship all day long, I'm cool. Right? I'm cool. My wife, uh, uh, she's like, hey, can we just skip that song? You played it like five times in a row. I'll listen to one song all day long, and I'll sing it too. And I think I'm a good singer. Other people have different opinions. Right? But the Lord speaks to me in that way through worship and prayer and different things like that. And so that's what, that, that's what draws up my affections, to love Jesus with, with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my strength, right? What we love. Work on loving him. Can we do that? Yeah. Right? Work on loving him. If we want to leave a, a legacy of faith with the next generation, work on loving him so they see that. The greatest thing that I, I've done as a father was put on worship music on YouTube and praise Jesus with my daughter. At one years old, my daughter was raising her hand. She did, I, I, I believe the, spirit, the same spirit that's in me is in her, right? So, so she was raising her hand, praising, praising Jesus. When she was throwing fits, I'd put on this one worship song and she would calm down and go to sleep, Right? 
the best thing I, I could do as a father is continue to pray over my children, over my wife, with my wife, right? Am I good at this? No. I've messed up, I've, right? Right? Having two little ones, you guys know it, right? Having two little kids, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's ridiculous, you know? Especially when they want to sleep in your bed all the time. <sighs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Because what happens here is this, that verse 6 says, says this. And he says, uh, and these words, so, so he says, all right, you know, Nick, like, how, how can I do this? Where, where's the practical stuff here? Right? How, how can I continue to do this? Or where can I start? And in verse 6, it says this. And these words that I've commanded you today shall be on your heart. So instill these things on your children's heart, in your family, right? Um, because when I first read this verse, here's the reality. It's just like, man, Lord, like, I don't have time to take my kids to another church service. I don't have time to take my family to another Bible study. I don't have time for another prayer group, Right? I got to work, I got to do this, I got to do that. Like, I'm already going to three groups and, and men's group and prayer group, and like, I don't have time for this, right? So how does it, like, because if, if you know anything, if you, if you try to, like, say, all right, Monday night, it's family night, we're going to pray, we're going to read God's word, right? And what happens? Everything within the devil's power comes against that night, Right? Somebody has to go, somebody gets sick, one kid is throwing a tantrum, right? Uh, you know, you're fighting with your spouse that night, stuff like that, right? And, and so I, if you do that that way, cool, great, continue to do it. But I, I think Deuteronomy 6, 7, and 8 really teaches us how, we, how we, we, we do it in a practical way, right? And it says this, it says this in verse 7, it says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So what is this saying, right? Everybody has furniture in their house, right? Most of your kids sit on the couch potatoes, right? You guys watch TV and stuff like that. Or you guys have a dinner table, right? Hopefully we still use the dinner table, right? We're just not, right, popping something in the microwave and sending kids outside and doing their own thing, right? Like, we have this stuff. So what is the, the Bible teaching us? It's, hey, there's times, right, when you're taking your kids to their sports practice and sports game, there's an opportunity. Instead of listening to music and, and putting the, the DVD in the back seat on, on, on the, the TV, right, talk about spiritual things, right? When you're at the breakfast table or when you're at the dinner table, talk about spiritual things, right? When you're just lounging around the house, right? Hey, let me pray for you, son. Let me pray for you, daughter, right? Like, these are simple things that we can do, right? Simple. If we want a legacy, to leave a legacy of faith, the answer is right here in verse 7. As you get up, as you sit down, as you go back and forth to, to work and this event and that event, right? Even on your way home today, right? Even on your way home to, to, from church today, hey, what, what did you learn downstairs? Oh, tell me more about that. How does that make you, right? It's, it's going to be weird, right? I still feel sometimes weird. But that's, that's where it's at. It's teach me the word, teach me, show me, right? 
Verse 8 says this, you shall bind them as signs on your hand and they shall be as, as, as frontlets between your eyes. And verse 9 says this, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And all that to say is like, once you start working on you, right? Once you start working on you and how the gospel affects your life and then it affects the people inside of your house, Right? It affects your, your, your spouse and your children and, and whoever else is living with you, right? And then it affects the community that you're in. See, the, it's a process. There, there, there's a chain of reactions that happen here. That once your, your family unit starts to know who Christ is and, and you guys are doing this thing together, right? This is not your grandma's Jesus, Right? This is not your, just your, your parents' faith. This is not just your, 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 your grandma's uh, uh, Jesus, right? This is, this is for you. It starts to ooze out in the community. It starts to, to affect those around you. And maybe you're saying, Pastor, you don't know my neighbor. <laughs> you don't know my neighbor. Maybe you don't have a neighbor. I was looking on at some houses. I was like, man, they got 20 acres, 50 acres. I was like, man. But the purpose is this, that once the gospel affects our family unit, it's supposed to affect those around us. The neighbors to the right, to the left. When we first, uh, it was the first couple of days where we moved here, I saw these two little boys we saw these two little boys. I think they stole their grandma's uh, wheelchair. And they're riding it down the street here, right here. Right? And I was like, you guys want to race? I'm in my dad van, right? It's not, a, it's not a soccer van. It's a dad van, all right? I said, you guys want to race? So they were trying to race me in this little scooter. They almost flipped, turned it over and everything, right? Harry, what's his name, Harry? Henry. Tyrone. You have a little accent, you know. My accent's good. You, you got a little accent here right now. But then I was like, man, hey, who are you? What's your name? Right? You, got, you guys know this church here? Right? That, that's the purpose of it. Right? And as we get to close here, um, you know, here, here's, here's, here's a sad thing as a pastor that since we want the best for our families, and what we tend to do is say, all right, we're going to start going to church. Let's go to church. Let's go to that nice church, CWC, right? And we bring our families to, to church, and we say, hey, pastor, here's my family. You disciple them. You train them in the ways, right? And you, you, you make sure they get to heaven. And, and, and when something happens and goes wrong, we blame the pastor. We blame, right, the church, well, if you only did this and you only did that. No. The way the gospel moves forward is with the family unit. The church definitely has a purpose, right? The Bible is clear about that. It says, hey, gathering of the saints so that the saints can be equipped to do the work of the what? The ministry. because you send your kids to, to the Christian school or, or Christian school, right? No. It's supposed to be in the home. 
well, I don't know too much about the Bible. That's okay. You start somewhere. Start with prayer. Start with reading one scripture. If we truly want to leave a legacy of faith with our families, we have to start here. We have to start here. Let me leave you with this, this legacy principle. What, what we do today will shape who we are and how our families will be tomorrow. What we do today, the choices we make, will shape our tomorrows and our futures, right? This is just a legacy principle that saying, hey, what I do today, what I set stone in today, the the things I I do today, hey, before we watch TV, let's pray together. We're going to read a word or or won't you pray for dinner tonight or won't you just pray for safety it builds it's a slow start but it builds and I hope um, my prayer is this as well too that you guys would take this and, and read it and meditate on Deuteronomy 6 so your family can, can so, so Jesus can show up in your family and show off right because I pray for the day man that Revival will, will break out in my household, right? And ooze out to my neighbors. And, and we would see people healed that, you know, my, my four, five, six-year-old daughter or son would, would pray for people and they will be healed, right? Because there's no limitations. No limitations. So, Lord, let me pray and close out. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for uh, the moment that I'm able to share a practical word with your body today, with your family, Jesus. And Lord, Father God, let us be reassured that um, we have messed nothing up. If we have stunk at uh, leading our family in the things of God, we would simply say, hey, repent, apologize, and move forward. If your kids are grown, and do the same. Do the same. And so, Lord, today I pray for every man and woman in this place, every child, every teenager, Lord, that it would start with us, our understanding of the gospel, our understanding about the truth, our understanding about what you did on that cross and how that affects us, and let that ooze out to those around us. In our house. Lord Father God, our our family units would be on fire for you. In the name of Jesus, amen.